Well, we're very quickly nearing the end of this first gospel in our reading through the New Testament. Our reading for today was Matthew 24 of the 28 chapters in Matthew. And in Matthew 24, Jesus again gives some very serious words about increasing trouble and persecution that will mark the world as the end and his return nears. And though no no one knows when that will be, Jesus sternly warns his people to be ready for that day. So let's think about some things we can note in this chapter. And I'll just I'll just point out two. Uh, and just remember in all these podcasts there is so much more that I could say or anyone could say about these chapters, but for the sake of brevity, I'm just going to note uh, a few things and not necessarily cover everything in the chapter. But here's one thing I'll notice, and I guess it's the question, can you spot a false teacher? Uh, can you spot a false teacher? This is very akin to what we saw yesterday when Jesus told the crowds in Matthew 23 to listen carefully to what the scribes and Pharisees say, but not what they do. Well, Jesus says early here in chapter 24, that throughout the history of the church, as the end nears, there will be an increasing prevalence of false teachers. He says that in verses 3 through 5. Jesus says as time marches on, in verse 5, he says, quote, many will come in my name, and they will utter all kinds of falsehood, and they will, quote, lead many people astray. Now, when we think of false teachers, uh, some of the most prominent and uh, tragic in memory come to mind. I mean, in, in a generation ago, or even within the last 30 years, you have people like uh, Jim Jones or David Koresh. Sometimes we may think of prominent preachers here today that preach a false gospel. And um, But we, when we think of cult leaders like Jim Jones or David Koresh, when that's our only conception of a false teacher... We can let our guard down because we feel like those examples are so easy to identify as false. But Jesus gives a stiff warning here to his own disciples, telling them to be on guard for false teachers. And This tells me that if Jesus' own disciples were warned not to be led astray, we need to be warned and need to heed the warning not to be led astray. And this gets us back to the question of how. How can we be on our guard? Well, the, the best way is to fill your mind with Scripture. Fill it with Scripture, with, with knowing God's Word inside and out. Psalm 1 describes the man who is spiritually strong and fruitful as one who, quote-unquote, delights in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. Uh, the Lord told Joshua when he became the leader of the people after Moses died, he said in Joshua 1.8, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. And the Lord told all the people of Israel, after he had given them the Ten Commandments, he said in Deuteronomy chapter 6, And these words shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them uh, as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on your doorposts 
of your house and on your gates. In other words, God's Word should accompany you everywhere you go. Read it, study it, think about it, pray over it. Yes, memorize it and teach it. Read it again. Think about it some more. Study it some more. Pray it. Pray again. Memorize some more. I, I just I cannot stress it enough. If you want to have the mind of Christ and want to be able to know the truth when you see it and smell error a mile away, you have to know the Word of God. It's a mistake to think that in order to understand um, uh, false religions against Christianity, you have to know a lot about the false religions. I mean, it doesn't hurt to know a lot about the false religion, but you can tell the difference even if you don't know anything uh previously about the false religion, if you just know what you believe and know it well, if you know what the scriptures say, you can spot error. The famous quote by Mark Twain is, the man who does not read has no advantage over the man who cannot read. I just think it's tragic, and it's tragically irresponsible um, when Christians are willfully neglectful of reading the word of their God. If we are negligent in this, we have only ourselves to blame when we're led astray. And I pray that the Lord would give all of us a holy hunger to know and understand and obey His Word for His glory and for our good. The second and final thing I want to point out in this chapter is, is has to do with the, the main thrust of the chapter, and that is be ready for the coming of the Lord. Volumes have been written attempting to explain this, the, the, the meaning and the significance of Jesus' words here in Matthew 24 concerning the events that will take place in the end times. Uh, there's no way I, I will be able to address all the details here in three or four minutes. Um, suffice it to say, I do believe that almost all the events that Jesus mentions in chapter 24 took place in some form or fashion during the lifetime of those listening to him that day. Uh, you can see that in uh, verse 34. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. So, for example, the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, in my understanding, was most likely fulfilled when the Roman army destroyed the temple in Jerusalem in the year 70 A.D., um, this is likely what Jesus was referring to in verse 2 when he said, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. Nevertheless, especially in verses 15 to 21, Jesus does describe in more general terms uh, an escalation of lawlessness and persecution that would come and will come throughout the whole of church history and that will intensify in the period just before he returns. What I want to emphasize here is what Jesus emphasized throughout this chapter, and that is being ready for his return. Jesus made it very clear that people will wrongly try to predict the time of his coming. He says that in verse 23 and 24. And we have seen that time and time again. Jesus emphasized not only that his return would be sudden, in verse 27, but it will also be very much unexpected. Jesus stressed that over and over again in verses 36 and 39 and 42 
and 44, and then again down in verse 50. Only the Father, Jesus said, knows that day and hour, verse 36. To everyone else, we do not know, nor will we expect or predict it. Our responsibility is to be ready whenever that day or hour may come. How can we be ready? You guessed it. Stay in his word and be about his work. That's verses 13 and 14. Don't be sidetracked by fear of tribulation. Look with eager longing for the day of the Lord to come. And as the Apostle John said in some of the last words of our Bible in Revelation twenty-two twenty, 20, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. And that's Matthew 24.